0: Infinity. 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 So essentially the Earth wobbles in its orbit. Hmm. And the effect of these wobbles is very important. The man who did the mathematics to calculate the effect of all these things on the amount of sun's energy reaching various parts of the world was a Serbian polymath, Milutin Milankovic. Such a, an, in, an impressive amount of work... That these now are known as Milagovic cycles. He didn't discover them, but he did the mathematics. Now, by nineteen fourteen he was well established as an engineer, a mathematician, and a scientist. He chose to go to Austria and hun- Hungary, Austria-Hungary for his honeymoon. And he was there when the World War I started. As a Serbian, he was interned. Mm. Now, strings were pulled on his behalf and he was allowed to remain under house arrest in Budapest. He spent the war years in the library of the Hungarian Academy of Science doing his celestial mechanical calculations. Now, one can't help but be reminded of another person who got interned during the First World War, a German who was in England at the time. He was interned in the Isle of Man, and he spent his time developing something that many of you use today. His name was Joseph Pilates. So,
1: <laughs> so a lot can be done during the war when you've been locked up.
0: Absolutely. Mm. But I digress yet again. Mm. Now,
1: can you just, this? I thought this was incredible. And this polymath Milankovic that you just mentioned, he was a pretty incredible guy because for him to have actually worked out and to have, you know, the theory and the insight of, of actually being able to to kind of combine, so it's a combination of three separate cycles and their effects, yep. which give you the answer. And these are the things that he worked out. Can you just can you just s- specify what those three cycles are? Yes, and well, how he put them together into to, to get an answer to
0: find out what the the
1: net effect well, was.
0: In a way, it's a bit like the mathematical problems that we used to do as children, finding the lowest common denominator between three numbers. You know, mm. if, if 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 you take two, three, and four, the lowest common denominator is twelve, I think, and it's a bit like those sort of calculations. But bear in mind that he didn't have a calculator, he didn't have a computer. Mm. He probably had a slide rule, mm. a pencil, and paper, and he just set about working the effects of these various things. And the and the, the three things that he's working on. Can you just yeah, just remind well, let's me go of through them, please, please. The Earth Sun distance does vary because the Earth doesn't always go in a circle. It goes in an ellipse, and this changes shape from time to time. Mm. But he found that that was not particularly important. It didn't make a deal of difference to the amount of energy reaching the Earth. The axial tilt, which determines the seasons, was all important, and that made the the biggest difference with respect to the summer melting of winter snow. And the the, the amount of axial tilt, so that, that
1: variation...
0: It's it's the tilt of the line that joins the north south of the pole. The, yeah, the, and 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 the. But it's but it's between twenty two point one and twenty four point yes. five.
1: So starting at twenty two point one, if you like, and then moving in the direction of twenty four point five, and then gets to that, and then reverses direction. And so it's the it's the direction that it's moving in that is is most important.
0: It's the direction it is at a particular time that's most important. That determines the intensity of the seasons.
1: Yes. If if, if
0: you buy a globe, okay. you know you so it doesn't matter whether it's, it's going.
1: It doesn't matter whether it's going from from no, no. from low to high or high back to low. No. No.
0: no. no. Now, in addition to this, mm. there's what's known as the The precession of the axis, that the axis at the moment, the north pole direction is pointing at the north star. But in a few thousand years, it'll be pointing somewhere else. Uh, It moves. Which is the pole shift, the magnetic pole. So not only is the angle changing with time, but the direction in which it points change with time, which means that the seasons occur at different times in the orbit of the Earth. We, at the moment, get our summer when, obviously, the, the southern part of the globe is pointing towards the sun. It's closer to the sun. Yeah. Ah, it happens also, coincidentally, to be when we're closer to the sun. But it, it's not the closeness that makes the the season. It's the angle of the sun in the sky, and that's determined by the slope of the axis of the Earth. But, but, doesn't, but, that, but doesn't that effectively mean
1: that in Australia, when we're in summer that's because the tilt and its position in the orbit actually means that for that six months the southern hemisphere is actually closer to the sun in distance so so in other words the literally it's like like moving your hand closer from a, to a radiator of heat and then further away. The closer you are, you feel more heat on your hand. No. No, okay, so no this is you were wrong. This what is Mi- what I need to understand What this.
0: Milankovic showed was that the closeness didn't matter nearly so much as the angle of the tilt. Now, let's think at the angle of the tilt. If you shine a torch, a torch beam, a flashlight beam, at a wall, straight on, mm. you get a pool of light with all the energies hitting that particular area. Mm. If you shine it at an angle... That pool of light is bigger, so the energy density is less. The same amount of energy is hitting the wall, but it's spread over a wider area. Right. That is the effect of the tilt, and that is the effect that causes the seasons. It's the spreading of the light, depending on the position of the sun in the sky. It's not the distance of the sun to the earth, although the distance makes a difference. It might and it makes a small but significant difference, but not a huge difference, and because of the precession of the orbits, when the Earth is closer to the Sun, changes at different times of the season So, all these various effects are interacting, mm. and Milankovitch did the calculations to show the effect. Mm. Now, unfortunately, he was not taken particularly seriously in his lifetime, mm. but recent ice cores, when they've been able to look at the Earth's temperature from way back and of course the ice, ice has moved from various times, uh, have actually caused us to believe that Milankovitch was really onto something, and, and, and his cycles his are very important for the determination of ice ages. Yep. They cons- conspire to leave the Earth very cold, and if the tectonic plates are so aligned that the ocean currents are not keeping the Earth warm, then bingo, you get an ice age.
1: And so and, it's a, it's a, it, co- a confluence it, it's of things. It's the combination yeah, yeah. of
0: the Milankovitch cycles mm. and the position of the of the tectonic plates, mm. and of course the procession.
1: Interesting,
0: isn't it? Wow! The of the equinox has really messed up astrology. I mean, let's <laughs> talk about astrology for a moment. My birthday is in early April. When this nonsense was first concocted. The sun was in the constellation of Aries in early April. What what it means by "in" is mean that it's in the position of the constellation yes, of yes, Aries. Yep. Nowadays, it's in the constellation of Cetus, the whale. So when I tell people who are interested in astrology that my star sign is Cetus, the whale, they look at me very strangely. And uh, but that would not be related to your girth. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so. Yeah look as we know Tony's being a bit facetious there but and and I suppose showing a bit of skepticism in this uh, business of of astrology anyway that your star sign is actually the sign that you were born under at the time of your birth rather than at the time that you're living at, at any given oh, oh, yes, time yes, yeah yes, yes. Tony it's such an interesting subject you've laid bare some of my underlying <laughs> ignorance about this cuz I had always thought that it must be literally the proximity of, say, Australia to the sun that gave us a hot summer. But it's more than that. And, and, and I think that you've, you've explained it beautifully by describing a, a torch beam pointed straight at, yeah. perpendicular to a, a face,
0: a wall, which is what would happen on Earth if we didn't have axial well, it, tilt. It's what happens when you're under the sun at the equator. Yes. Yeah, all, all the energy is sort of concentrated, whereas anywhere else, of course, it's spread out depending on the tilt of the Earth. Mm. Yeah. And yet the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn,
1: is it correct to say that they are where the equator moves to at certain times of the year?
0: You can call them a, a, an equator? Yes, yes, yes. It's as if the equator moves to them. Yeah, yeah. So the they're the maximum the extent yes.
1: of where the, the equator moves to. So that is literally the midpoint of our rotation if you if you yes
0: yes and 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 that's determined by the angle at which the earth's axis is is at present Mm. you know the 23.5 degrees to the plane of the rotation around the sun Mm. but it changes and and it progresses processes so when you get
1: to say you get to that the the outer limit
0: of it which is 24.5 what's the effect of that going to be that the seasons are going to be much more pronounced That the the winters are going to be a damn sight colder and the summers are going to be a damn sight hotter. Mm. But it's the combination of that and the other factors that actually upset the apple cart. When I was young, it, it was widely believed that we were slowly, slowly heading towards the next ice age. And and what an achievement for Milankovic,
1: this polymath from Serbia, yeah. to actually be able to... I mean, I just find... Because this is hard enough to get your head around... And I mean, I don't really have my head around it, to be honest. But I accept what you're saying, that there are a few factors that combined give you this outcome, give you the, the net effect. But to be able to do this in the 1940s... Without the aid of computers and without even really being able and to and actually go out and do any it, field no, work it was, to support it, was it. The first world war it was. First, first world war, war. even yeah, earlier, yeah, right? Even okay, earlier. Okay. Yeah. okay, yeah,
0: yeah. And and he produced graphs which show, which show show what the temperature of the Earth would be in various places during various times in in the past, and 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 you can Google these things. Um, but the curious thing was there wasn't always an ice age when it got cold, and then it was realized that. Continental drift was a very important factor of the two. It's the two things coming together. And and there have been times when the Earth has been totally frozen. Um, Including the equator. Everything. A a complete ice ball. Mm -hmm. And, And you have to ask the question, well, how did that come to an end? And it came to an end by tectonic movements under the ice, pushing up volcanoes, which pushed their way through the ice, put carbon dioxide into the atmosphere... Carbon dioxide, as we know, is a greenhouse gas. It slowly caused the Earth to warm up. And there have been periods in the history of the Earth which have gone from total ice ball Earth to a more benign climate. And it's happened from time, time and time again. And who knows, it'll probably happen again. And one of the
1: things that they say, looking at other planets, because there is interest in trying to assess the likelihood of, of life in some form possibly only microbial possibly more advanced than that existing elsewhere uh, and at the same time as us one of the things that they think makes it much more likely that you'll have life on a planet or an exoplanet a planet beyond our solar system is the existence of tectonic plates active geology because exactly the same thing that you're talking about See, in our solar system, the further you get out, it gets much colder, and yet you can. There are anomalies to that. You know that there's. I mean, I was very intrigued to learn recently that that Neptune, which is much further out than Uranus, they are kind of twin mm. planets in a way. They're very similar size, but Neptune emits more energy than it receives from the sun. So there's inter, there's something internally yes. that's that's driving that's creating heat i and, didn't know that. and whereas yeah. whereas uranus uh, generates less energy than it receives yes. from the sun so weird things like that and also they observe things like cryovolcanism so ice volcanoes okay. sure. um there's a there's a moon of Saturn called yes. enceladus which at the south pole has an area where hot water is being yes. pushed through an icy crust it's the most reflective white smooth surface in the solar system so it's been resurfaced yeah. otherwise it would show craters crater, yeah. and at the South Pole, the Cassini Orbiter wasn't designed to do this but they actually flew through these plumes once yes. they saw them they were totally unexpected it's a very small object, only 500 kilometers diameter they flew through these plumes and actually were able to say it's water yes. it, it's yeah. and it's got salts in it and it's even got silicon grains in it, mm. so Underneath the ice surface of Enceladus is an ocean, yeah. and at the bottom of that ocean is a rocky sea floor. Yeah. So that's where the silicons are getting into the into the water. So if you've got heat, if you've got water, yeah. and you've got it being heated, and you've got a rocky surface, you've got a lot of checked things, go check, check,
0: check. Sure. Mi- microbes could well be there. It's absolutely right. Tectonic movement produces... A- a whole variety of environments, some of which are very likely to be where life would happen, where life would occur. Mm. Yeah. I think it's if we didn't have tectonic movements in the Earth, the Earth would be sterile and just empty. Mm, mm.
1: So it's it all. It just goes to show, you know, it's it's this delightful and and mm. incredibly um, what's the word for it? Fortuitous alignment of a whole lot of factors you know you know it's it's it is a goldilocks world that we oh, live in it's we it's, don't
0: just live in the lucky country a lucky planet and a lucky time yeah a lucky yes, epoch absolutely. to be on that planet a benign yeah. time that leads
1: me to a couple of th- questions or little comments that i noted about this and i think this there, we, we've kind of agreed that there may be limits to what you can say but you talked about a benign epoch well yeah. The fact that there is a large landmass over the South Pole, that is possibly a reason why we're enjoying this benign epoch. Can you can you comment a no, little bit? No,
0: look, I I don't know this. I don't know the answer. To that I read that and mm. I thought, well, that how very interesting that is. But mm. uh, but I I don't know because because the continents move and the and yeah.
1: and the pole doesn't necessarily uh, sit underneath uh, with the with uh, the Antarctic continent above it so so there have been times when it when it it's been elsewhere and and then the pole is is is, uh is would presumably have ice but not
0: not a landmass. well there has been coal i mean there are there are mountains near the south pole and 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 there's coal there and coal would only form if the temperature was high and Forests were growing and things like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it has moved. It's yes. not always been... Yeah, the, the whole... Pole. Everything's moved. Everything's moved. Yep. And, of course, at the moment, we don't have any landmass at the North Pole. But that wasn't always so.
1: The other thing is that we are overdue for an ice age. So the idea occurred to me that, you know, we're living in an era where climate change is something that's, that's a pretty hot issue, pardon the pun. We could get into the sort of politics of it, we get into the the way that people have been educated about it. There's all sorts of things that perhaps you could say could be done differently or should be done differently to get a better response and to make it less controversial and more widely accepted. But could it be if you have a situation where we're heading through a natural cycle towards ice age, that actually global warming could be beneficial?
0: Yes. Human-induced yes. global warming. Yes, but it depends how much. It, mm. it, it, it's such a, a volatile mm. situation mm. that it would be very easy for it to run away. The yeah. Earth just about copes with its own carbon dioxide cycle. I don't get too steamed up about the carbon dioxide because the Earth does cope very well with it. But I actually feel we should not be consuming fossil fuels in the way we do because i think the pollution that comes from them not not the carbon dioxide but the other things that come from them is quite appalling and you know responsible for respiratory conditions and the last time i went to china it was just so smoggy and foggy it reminded me of the of the 1950s in England where you got this thick smog because everybody was burning coal fires briquettes and oh in the winter time it was mm. appalling mm. and then they went to sort of smokeless fuels and anthracite and it made a huge difference. You know you can buy briquettes at Bunnings. I saw them on sale. Oh well yes. <laughs> you can barbecues. buy bags of No barbecues. no no these are for these yeah. are
1: for putting in your canara.
0: But, I mean I remember Manchester town hall it was actually jet black you know and 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 since since they've gone to smokeless fuel smoke smokeless fuels they they actually decided to clean it up and it's a beautiful sort of sandstone building mm. totally transformed mm. high
1: pressure sprayed the, oh, yeah, the yeah. layers of blackness yeah, off it yeah yeah they mm. got
0: it off yeah yeah
1: well we could talk for ages about this but i think it's a really interesting subject and i hope our listeners have found this as, as interesting as i have but thank you very much to dr tony hayes retired physicist for telling us more and explaining our restless earth it's a pleasure thanks for listening
0: we'd love you to review us on itunes it's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast and don't forget to follow us on social media beyond infinity rppfm on facebook or infinity rpp on twitter